episode of the Comic Multiverse is brought to you by the good folk at the Playster app. What is Playster, you might be asking yourself? Well, it's a great place where you can find music, movies, games, and for the first time ever, that's right, they got freaking comic books. For as much as $8.95 a month, or at a special discount if you use the promo code CAPED90, you can get yourself such great books as The Green Hornet by Mark Wade. You ever read that one, Matt? I have read that one. It's a great book. Yeah, Mark Wade, man, he does a lot of really cool stuff with heroes that you wouldn't consider part of the traditional uh, DC Marvel pantheon. We're, of course, big fans of Garth Ennis and The Boys, aren't we? Oh, yeah, The Boys is fantastic. You can get that, too, over on the Playster app. You can read pretty much the entire thing. Maybe uh, Transformers is your thing, or Ghostbusters, or G.I. Joe. They got those, too, Matt. Awesome. Yeah, they got their own, like, you know, little shared universes there with all your favorite 80s cartoons. So, yeah, the Playstrap, it's a great little app, and, you know, if you try it out now, you can use that promo code. You'd be getting yourself a little something. You'd be helping us out. Everyone would be having a great time. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I might even go and use that code. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely could. There's nothing stopping you, Matt. You could totally use it if you want. Anyone listening to us <laughs> could use it right now. So with that, and without further ado, we'll hop into the show proper. Hello, everybody. I'm Cape Joel, and this is the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Joining me, as he does every week, my stalwart partner in podcasting crime. It's Matt, everybody. Hello, everyone. And Joel didn't stroke out this time. No, I did good. I had points I had to hit, so me do real good. <laughs> me no mess up on this one. My brain worked good this time. <laughs> working working real good so man it's been a it's been a busy week for the both of us matt you moved since last we talked i have i'm actually still in the process of moving but i'm like 90 percent done but it's it's a it takes a long time and takes a lot out of you and now in a brilliant act of segueing, you know what else moved, Matt? The Comic Multiverse podcast. We used to be over on podbean but now we're over on the far superior soundcloud Yes, everyone was wondering when we're going to move to SoundCloud, and we did it, and then everyone was wondering why we're not on Podbean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, I, I know last week I left it kind of up in the air. I was kind of in, I was, I was in between relationships. I didn't know if I was going to take Podbean back or if I was going to trade up to the new shinier SoundCloud. I traded up, so thank you for the uh, 121 new people who actually uh, found out and figured out. I've been, I've been trying to blast this across all my social media, but for anyone who wondered where the show is and where they can go to download it now, you can do so over on SoundCloud. It looks much nicer. Got a cool banner up there. I got that great comic multiverse artwork that Matt made up for me. And uh, I'm trying to do the backlog of episodes right now. I'm up to uh, episode 30 so far. And once that's done, I'll do the commentaries and other stuff as well. Awesome. So there you go. Everyone who had a SoundCloud app and really wanted us to do that, we're here now. We did it. It took us a while. It took us almost 50 episodes, but we did it. Yeah, we promised it and we did it. Better, better late than never. And now I'm sure people will start saying, okay, but now that you're up on SoundCloud, when are you going to be up on iTunes, though? <laughs> That's the, and then once we're on iTunes, they're going to be like, oh, where's Spotify? Where's this? Stitcher. Where's that? Well, yeah, whatever that is. Well, apparently that's the best part about SoundCloud is that they have superior RSS feeding, which pretty much means that once I uh, back up everything on there, 
it's really easy to get us on uh, iTunes and uh, play radio and all that other stuff. Oh, awesome. Yet not Stitcher, apparently. Apparently Stitcher is harder. I don't know why. Everyone says they have trouble with Stitcher. No, oh, okay. But it is my goal. By the end of this year, we will take the comic multiverse global to all your podcasting apps. We will be everywhere. We will be unavoidable. We're going we're gonna to beam straight into your head, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm working in that technology in my garage right now. I killed a couple of the test rats, but I think I'm making progress. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, I'm taking everything I learned about this technology from Batman Forever and what Jim Carrey was doing. That's exactly, you got a blender on your head. <laughs> this is my brain on the box. This is your brain on the box. Anyone feel like a fried egg? <laughs> Man, he was going for it in that movie, wasn't he? He was. He, he went for it in the way few people go for it. <laughs> uh, and on that note, everyone, I guess we can get on to the actual show portion of the show now that we've done all our housekeeping and everything. Uh, we actually have a pretty good smattering of news this week, if I do say so myself. I would agree as well. Lots of, lots of good talking points, and perhaps the first, and what some would argue the most heartbreaking topic to come out this week, Matt Reeves of Cloverfield and Battle of the Planet of the Apes fame. Yeah, it turns out he's not going to be doing the Batman after all. This is my shocked face. <laughs> I can see it. He's so shocked. <laughs> he's so shocked i mean how we it's funny what a difference a week can make in this like we talked about it in last week's episode about being like oh he's confirmed oh no he's not he's just in talks for it oh wait he's out now yeah i i said like when when he first was announced as being in talks i said like any self-respecting director would probably pass on this just because of what's been happening in the dceu as well as how they've been treating their di directors being this quote-unquote director-driven studio yeah yeah it's oof. it's like you don't even know what to say anymore i think we pretty much hit the nail on the head when we talked about this last week about how you know if matt reeves comes in he probably would want a whole rewrite he would probably want some semblance of control and i'm yep. sure warner brothers and dc would be like no 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 no, no. we already had to get rid of affleck and we were only listening to him because he was the star and producing and everything else you you got to get in line and get this shit out and on time that, that 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 is what i feel like what happened he wanted like some control over casting or maybe editing or something mm -hmm. but they wouldn't give it to him because they're too paranoid or worried or something might happen which, you know, you would think of any movie you could, like, ease up on and let them do whatever you want, it would be Batman. The movie's going to make a billion dollars just on the merit of being Batman. Yeah, this whole thing just boggles the mind that, like, they, they're having trouble of getting people to make a Batman film for them. You think you would think it would freaking make itself. I mean, especially right now when the biggest movie at the box office currently is Lego Batman. Even Batman in freaking Lego form destroys all the competition. So what are you worried about? Exactly. So weird. So so weird. And again, too, it's like you're hearing about page one rewrites and everything. And it's like, what the hell are you doing with Batman? That's so you know so out there and everything. Exactly. What have they got planned for him or something? I mean, the the pitch I heard, which honestly sounded too good to be true because it sounded like such a fan pitch. It's like, you know, oh, we're going to do Die Hard in Arkham Asylum is what we're going to do. Yeah, it sounded a lot like that um, 
uh, that Super Green Max. Arrow script. Yeah, that Green Arrow script, Supermax. That never sounded got a made. lot like that. Sounds yeah, like so maybe, no- maybe they retooled that script for Batman. I guess it sounds like such a no-brainer. It's like, how come no one has made Die Hard in a freaking supervillain prison yet? Yeah. Because it, it's perfect, because, you know, you get a nice small area, so you get to keep costs low as far as, like, locations go. Then you get to cast mm-hmm. a bunch of bit actors in one-offs as the villains, and then, you know, they get to do cool shit, then get beaten up. You get to downplay the power of your character, like, oh, maybe Batman loses his utility belt or something early on and has to fight to get it back. Yeah, exactly. You've got all these things that would make a good film, you know, small budget. Yeah, it's everything was there. Like, what the hell happened? I have no idea, man. I, I really... Really don't. This is this is just another in a long line of hits. The poor DC Warner Brothers film franchise has been taken. Yeah, it, it's just so weird that they they they're so I don't know incompetent or just stupid that they can't make a fucking Batman film. It's it's so easy, or it should be so easy. I'm 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 literally thinking like next week or something. Maybe by the time we do the show next week, because this seems to be how it happens, we're gonna hear something along the lines of like a Brett Ratner to helm a Batman movie. <laughs> well, it's funny because like people were saying that as well. Like on oh, like all these like pretty good directors are passing on it. So let's just go to like Mick G or Brett Ratner or someone. You know, someone who's like a yes man. Mick G and Brett Ratner whose greatest uh, strengths as directors is they get their movies out on time and under budget. Yep. <laughs> and it shows. Boy, does it ever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, man, we, we lost the Brett Ratner fan base out there, Matt. I don't think we'll ever get them back. Oh, what a what a shame. There's, there's words you never hear from anyone. I am a diehard Brett Ratner fan. I love his filmography. <laughs> well the thing is like his films weren't too bad like I, I love his film red dragon and then like he suddenly started making like all these really crappy action films well it's like everyone loves rush hour and they should but that's a movie that gets by almost entirely on the charm and charisma of jackie chan and then chris tucker yes i know i just used the words charm and chris tucker in the same sentence <laughs> but hey when he was younger it worked. And Red Dragon, which you mentioned, yeah, Red Dragon is a great movie, but it has great performances and a whopper script. Really, all Brett Ratner had to do was set up the camera and film. There's no, like, interesting That's true. directorial tricks going on in there. He just filmed shit that was already good. <laughs> he was basically just a cameraman for that. <laughs> He's like, I'm directing. Okay, you know, you guys just be amazing, amazing actors, and you be good, good script based on a good book. <laughs> It was basically a couldn't lose. It was a slam dunk is what it was. He would have had to have tried really hard to fuck it up. That's true. Yeah. And uh, speaking of things we don't fuck up, we're going to go over to the only Joel gives a shit corner for this week of the show. It's a segment we do every so often where we talk about news stories that only I personally give a shit about. And that is that LX Mirza has been cast as Dashiell Bad Horse in the upcoming WGN comic book uh, TV show adaptation of Jason Aaron's Scalped. So that's actually moving along. Cool. It's still a pilot. They're still calling it a pilot, and it's funny. A lot of the big entertainment news outlets that talk about TV shows, they refuse to call it Scalp. They just call it WGN Comic Book Show Adaptation Pilot, (laughs) which is a mouthful of a title. It is. But, yeah, one of the cool things about this thing about uh, Scalp, I was reading up on this, they are very 
very devoted to telling this story about Native Americans and keeping it in an almost entirely Native American cast, which I think is cool. Yeah, that's actually really cool. As they should. In fact, uh, Mirza, you may remember him as actually being in Suicide Squad. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Sa- he wasn't Adam Beach. He wasn't the one Native American who they killed. <laughs> no, he was one of the SEAL Team guys. Oh, one. Of, uh, I don't remember any of them. No one does. He was one of Rick Flagg's background guys, but he was in that movie. He was one of those dudes. Oh, okay then. So his career's on the upswing from soldier number one to starring in this show. <laughs> so good on him, everybody. And uh, moving on from stuff only Joel gives a shit about to stuff that I'm sure everybody gives a shit about, Marvel has been teasing a lot of stuff recently. We talked about Secret Empire last week, and this week they put out a piece of artwork for what they're calling Marvel Generations. Yeah, this seems... To be like what we were saying last week, how they were going to bring back the uh, the classical uh, looks of the heroes. With you know, we got Captain America, Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Thor, Odin, Son Thor, Peter Parker, Spider Man, stuff like that. Bruce Banner, Hulk, and yet yep. not throwing away their new younger counterparts because it's it's an amazing no. piece of work. It's it's Alex Ross, right, or at least someone who's trying to look like Alex Ross in his writing or in his drawing. Yeah, yeah. It's them all hanging out together, and it's the young and the old counterparts all side by side and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it looks really, really neat piece of artwork. I mean, if they wanted to, I know a lot of people have said, you know, like, is this a new story? Is this a new event? Or is this supposed to, like, represent what the post-Secret Empire Marvel Universe is going to look like? Uh, I think it would be awesome if they launched like a whole line of books where it's like, okay, here's Spider-Man and Spider-Man teaming up and here's Wolverine and Wolverine side by side. Yeah, I think maybe that's what they're going to be doing. Like, or like um, maybe making the books that like how we have uh, like all those Spider-Man books, maybe condensing them down into maybe one book where both Spider-Men team up or something. Right, that would be interesting. Yeah, we're going to talk more about Spider-Man in a minute, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, looks cool, looks interesting. Uh, I- I'm you know excited to see where they're going with this right now. I mean, I, I think all lines or all uh, signals are showing that Marvel is going to be shaking stuff up in the next little bit post-Secret Empire. Because as we said, how the hell could you not after the entire Marvel Universe finds out that Captain America thinks he's a sleeper agent Nazi? Exactly. It's, something's going to happen, and it's going to be pretty awesome. And they talk about a coming together for everyone, which I'm like, you know what? This would be a nice way for all of them to come together, because one of the big, probably the only good fallout of Civil War Two is that the younger heroes, Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, Nova, everyone else, got so pissed off at their older generation for continually fighting everyone and losing the faith of the people that they just broke off and started doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah. So it would be fun to see them come back together and have, like, the Avengers team up with the champions and be like, look, we totally respect what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that that would be really cool. And, yeah, I, I don't know what exactly the threat besides the secret empire sort of thing is going to mm-hmm. be. But, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome, I think. You know, it would be funny if uh, Captain America... In his evil Hydra thing, he started, like, the Hydra Youth Initiative. Like, he got a bunch of <laughs> evil young heroes to come work for him. 
<laughs> like, that would actually be pretty cool. Like, they could actually make it in a way so that the, the, the young heroes still think of him as Captain America and, like, yeah. actually look up to him. So, And they think he's right and everything. And it could actually be really cool. You could bring in, like, some failed young heroes who never quite got off the ground. Like Alpha. Remember Alpha Big Time? <laughs> who was, like, Spider-Man's failed, like, little buddy before Miles and before everything else. It would be funny if he showed up. And because he's, like, all blonde-haired and blue-eyed and everything, Captain America's like, you, Alpha, will be Das Ubermensch. And he's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like my new name, Cap. Well, you're going to have it now. <laughs> also, let me introduce you to your new friends, Kid Crossbone and Kid, uh, oh god, what's, uh, oh, uh, Kid Sin, I was gonna say, what's Red Skull's daughter's name? There you go. <laughs> and you will be my new boys brigade. Uh, this doesn't sound good, I, 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 I don't know about this. It's no, fine. No, no, it's gotta be good, it's gotta be good. Uh, it's fine, I'm Captain America, you can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is why they won't let me write comic books it's like yeah he keeps pitching that boys brigade idea over and over again <laughs> hey what's his he keeps pitching nazi youth stuff <laughs> <laughs> we're just like no <laughs> not this time but we'll but we'll put it in the idea bag for later <laughs> we'll put it in the idea bag uh so yeah from marvel generations to some dc stuff here and this is i think this was a four foregone conclusion in fact i'm surprised they haven't tried to do more stuff like this considering that they owned the license for both we're going to be seeing a series of miniseries starting in the future that will pit heroes of the dc universe against your favorite looney tunes yeah and the stuff they've released for it so far has been quite intriguing like we're getting a batman elma fudd team up <laughs> yep of course oh i'm gonna get that wascoey joker i'm gonna get that wascoey rabbit <laughs> I don't know I'd, I'd love if they went like full like 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 full gritty with it and like elma fudd like kills the joker and batman has to bring him to justice <laughs> but he still talks in that messed up looney tune yeah, yeah. Do I, do I, i'm a hunter yes i am i can't do a good he, he got that from like the joker venom <laughs> oh shit and that's why he's all messed up yeah um, and, <laughs> i'm gonna get him yeah wow do you like frank miller's elmer fudd <laughs> the, the, the night was dark and full of towers. <laughs> I am the lone hunter who lives by his gun and only his gun. <laughs> I laugh, but only because I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. We're also getting Martian Manhunter versus Marvin the Martian. <laughs> yeah, th this will actually be our first time. We've seen Martian Manhunter in... in since rebirth like since, since the beginning since like dcu i've had many fans saying where did martian manhunter go where's my martian manhunter here's where he went he went to fight a cartoon character <laughs> wouldn't it be some shit if they wrote oh yeah Mar uh, marvin the martian he's a white martian and he's come to avenge the martian race oh god <laughs> he blames john for their genocide and like we last two of our kind we must fight or mate i don't really know how martians mate <laughs> it's not pretty it's kind, it's kind of rapey oh 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 man that reminds me maybe maybe martian uh manhunter when he fights marvin the martian he's he creates like those weird bird dodo things that like bugs bunny had to run away from that one time <laughs> 
man, I'm in love with this. Now, here's the thing, too. I'm pretty sure, Matt, in an old episode, maybe it was Blood Sweat Comics, maybe it was Comic Book Cast, I'm pretty sure we pitched this idea, actually, to have the DC superheroes fight uh, characters from Looney Tunes because they both owned the rights. It sounds like something we would do. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It sounds kind of stupid, but kind of awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my beloved Jonah Hex is coming back, too, because he's teaming up and or fighting with Yosemite Sam. <laughs> oh, man, they're going to have a gruff off. And Jonah's like, I'm not Durga Durga Fraggin' Nerma Nerma. I can out gibberish you. <laughs> I wrote the book on that. And then quite possibly the funniest one, Lobo versus the Roadrunner. I don't, oh, that's going to be amazing. And we can clearly see that Wiley e. Coyote's in a spacesuit and is hiring Lobo to go fight the Roadrunner. <laughs> after years and years of failing and after years and years of Acme shit blowing up in his face, he's just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to Lobo for help. <laughs> I'm paying someone else for this. That's actually funny because if you ever read the Animal, or, uh, the Animal Man story, Coyote Gospel, that was heavily inspired by the Roadrunner and uh, Wiley e. Coyote. I wonder if they'll make reference to that. That'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, like, go nuts with this idea. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, yeah. I also think there's going to be, like, a Flintstones meets Booster Gold as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I remember seeing that. They're the modern Stone Age family, and he is the modern time traveler, so there you go. Yeah, I think we're also getting a Green Lantern meets Space Ghost one as well. Oh, shit, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Then they need to do Hawkman versus uh, Birdman. Oh, God. <laughs> but make it Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, so Hawkman, yeah. <laughs> like, sues him for, like, defamation he's, he's of character. He's a Thanagarian lawyer. <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's what they need to fucking do, man. Like, poor Hawkman has been trapped. Like, you know, he used to be a space cop, but Green Lantern's a better space cop. Make him a space lawyer now. Make him, like, a space justicar who comes down like, I will defend you in the court of law. <laughs> and if I lose, I will hit them with my vibranium mace. <laughs> no, it's not Vibranium, it's Anth Metal, sorry. <laughs> See, I know my metals, I know my comic book metals, I'm not too dumb. Just because it's late <laughs> on Sunday night, I know what shit is. But yeah, you know what, color us in interested for Looney Tunes versus DC Comic Heroes. Yeah, definitely. I think this should be funny, I think this should be really, really funny. And uh, moving on to something that might be funny, or might just be, you know, funny, weird, Kevin Smith. You all know him, some love him, some tolerate him. He hasn't made a lot of good movies recently, but he still has a place in, uh, you know, everyone's geeky heart. He's apparently going to be adapting a Sam and Twitch show for BBC America. Yeah, this, that's kind of weird. Sam and Twitch, for those of you who don't know, are the two cops from Spawn. Mm-hmm. Th this worries me right out of the gate, because when I hear Sam and Twitch show, I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be Gotham, but for Spawn. <laughs> we're just gonna deal with the cops we're never gonna see anything super heroic or if we do it's gonna be really lame and on a tv budget yeah no, I, I'd, I'd love if they came out and said with the success of gotham we've decided to do this show <laughs> <laughs> and with kevin smith helping to develop it too all i can think is like you know just sam and twitch sitting around outside the police station making dick jokes smoking pot <laughs> <laughs> noige, 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 man got Spawn running around. 
<laughs> and that's not to say Sam and Twitch aren't interesting characters. They're interesting characters with their own rich histories and backgrounds and everything. But at the same time, they are interesting within the realm of Spawn. Yeah, you, you need to ha- kind of have Spawn with around to sort of make them interesting. And he's the more interesting character Spawn because it's his universe. <laughs> also, too, you know, are they going to be dealing with like paranormal crimes that they can't solve? Is that going to be their thing, or is it going to be like a regular cop procedural? But you just see a red cape in the background every so often. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> also, too, how serious are they going to take? Because obviously, like you know, one of the big first storylines in Spawn involves you know Billy Kincaid, the child killer. Are they going to do that? <laughs> oh, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I hope they go really retro with it. I hope they make it like a Starsky and a Hutch retro cop show, because that's really what Sam and Twitch kind of are in many ways. One of them even has, like, the 70s mustache. That'd be really cool. I'd really like that. Yeah, they need to be driving around in their awesome souped-up car, driving around New York solving crimes, eating donuts and everything else. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And because it's BBC America, I think they can swear more, right? I think so. I don't know. I again, I I don't have BBC America, and I'm guessing you don't have BBC America as well. Not being in America, no. I think if I'm if I'm correct, I think BBC America did like uh did like the reruns of Trailer Park Boys for America, so I think they're allowed to swear on that channel. Oh, okay then. So you know, Sam can be swearing all over the place. You know, ah, fuck, I love these donuts. Hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, that's probably it. That's probably a line. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I'm sure that is a line from you know Todd McFarlane in the comics. I'm pretty sure he wrote that. <laughs> and then Sam goes, "Fuck, I love donuts," and then Spawn <laughs> breaks a guy's neck. It's really good. Yeah, the end. <laughs> and then I make an action figure out of it. <laughs> and then I let Neil Gaiman write a couple issues, and then I don't give him the credit, and then Neil Gaiman sues me. And and then then I go on social media for two years saying I'm making another Spawn movie, but <laughs> but but the thing is I never do because <laughs> I'm too busy making toys and making a lot of money, <laughs> and also buying World Series balls that have the uh, records broken the next year. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane is not good with his money, is what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> like, you, you ever hear that thing like, oh, don't give dumb people money? Don't give Seth MacFarlane, or, or sorry, Todd MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane is the family guy. I always mix those two up. Don't give him money either. <laughs> no, no, apparently he's bad with his money also. Man, there's there's a death battle for you right there. Todd MacFarlane versus Seth MacFarlane. Who wins? <laughs> One's an adult man with a strange obsession with show tunes. The other one helped kicked off the 90s comic craze, is really bad with his money, and has been sued by everyone he knows. <laughs> hey, but at the end of that story with Todd McFarlane, Angela got to become part of the Marvel Universe. Yay? And we were all I... a lot happier for it, question mark? <laughs> every question is a question mark with that. <laughs> it does make me happy, though, every time I see Angela, where I'm like, yep, she's the result of a lawsuit, isn't she? <laughs> and yet no uh, Miracle Man or Man of Miracles. I know that was the big theory with the McFarlane uh, game in court case, that they figured when that was all said and done, they might have actually gotten Miracle Man to come join the uh, Marvel Universe. That would have been pretty cool. I know he's been, he's had like comics recently, Miracle mm. Man. 
Yeah, he's a he's a real mess of who owns what and copyrights and people who own some of it but not all of it. McFarlane for years said that he did own all of it, that he bought it, but then we found out later that he might actually have been a big liar on top of everything else. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to just have like billions of dollars just to be like, okay, I'm going to sort this out. I'm just going to buy it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, he, uh, if anyone ever thought they could make a Miracle Man movie, they probably would. Yeah. Much like they did with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was in a hilariously similar case as well, and it took a bunch of lawyers and money to get that all sorted so they could make a movie about him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's Kevin Smith's Sam and Twitch. Could be good, I guess. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see if it actually even gets made. That's true. It, it's funny to see Kevin Smith kind of like uh, flexing his TV show muscle and clout now because he can be like, hey, I directed episodes of The Flash and Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also used to direct movies once upon a time for big Hollywood audiences. Now I seem to only make movies for myself that I can put my daughter in. <laughs> exactly. Which, hey, you know what? He only ever shows them to his fans and then does them on video and demand, so you can't say he doesn't know his audience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, true. You, know, you can make fun of him as much as you want, but at the end of the day, he knows what's up. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's basically worked out a way that he never loses, so yeah, good on him, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't he have a YouTube channel, too? Uh, I know he does, like podcast or something yeah the smodcast he has like a whole big podcast network i think like only like a year or so ago he started doing youtube content now yeah he does like it's it's like a podcast but like a video pod, podcast or whatever the fuck they they're Ooh, called uh vodcasts yeah when are we gonna do a vodcast matt that seems to be the way the winds are blowing now everyone wants their pods on vods dog Oh, we, we can do one once people decide they want to buy us studio space and, <laughs> and cameras and, and everything. And move you to Canada or me to Australia. <laughs> so we can be in the same room together. Man, you know, one of these years, I got to try and make it out to an Australian con, or you got to try and make it out to a Canadian one, just so we can meet in person and do this show just for the hell of it. Yeah, I, I'd love to make it out to an, a Canadian one. Hey, uh, hey, hey, comic multiverse fans, is that would would that be something you'd be interested in kickstarting? <laughs> just just an idea. I'm not saying we got to do it now or anything. I'm just saying for future references, that's something you would like to see. I mean, Fan Expo is the biggest one in Canada, one of the biggest ones in the world. That happens in the summer, so you know if you want to get out of the Australian cold and come here, that's something you could do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Come to sunny, tropical Canada in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> There's words you never hear. Oh, yeah, I had a wonderful, sun-filled vacation in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the maple syrup trees, they were so big. <laughs> Send you home with some ketchup chips and some coffee crisp. No, we have ketchup chips here. Oh, do you really? Yeah, except I think they're, pro they're probably be bit different to what you, yours are i guess so you can uh, you can bring me some tasty cheese and some other australian stuff that we don't have here we can have we can have a little trade ski of, i'll uh, bring you a jar of vegemite vegemite and the, oh and then you can film me eating it and be like this is salty <laughs> yeah and i'll be like he is eating it wrong <laughs> <laughs> how am i supposed to eat it <laughs> put it on toast you fucking philistine <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man and from that funny heartwarming conversation to another news segment i like to call the what the fuck were they thinking corner 
of the podcast. It's a segment we do every so often where we read a piece of news that's so crazy, I wonder if it's true or not. Then I think it's so crazy, it has to be true. Apparently, DC and Warner Brothers have been eyeing Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad 2? Everyone just pause while I laugh. You know, uh, famous director and equally famous anti uh, anti Semite Mel Gibson eyed for Suicide Squad too. I don't. I, now, there's a there's a reason why I don't believe this, and it's mainly because of the actual article that broke the story. And the main reason is because it also mentions that they're after Roman Polanski for the movie. Oh, okay. That's for, yeah. Okay. For so for people who don't know who Roman Polanski is, he's a director and arguably a pretty good director except he's not allowed back in the u.s because he raped people (laughs) yeah yeah he did and you know that's a whole kettle of worms too. people being like oh well you know he kind of serves should be allowed to you know what we're not getting into that that's a whole fucking (laughs) conversation in and of its own that people have been arguing for years but the mel gibson one you can kind of believe because, yeah, sure, he said, you know, you know, he said sugar tits and, you know, he complained about the Jews and then he, you know, threatened to kill his wife over the phone and everything and was basically, you know, a laughing stock for a long time. But then he turned around and actually made some good movies. And in Hollywood, it's always like, oh, shit, I guess we got to start talking about him again, huh? Like uh, yeah. that, that one he did just recently, Hacksaw Ridge, which you said you enjoyed. Yeah, I actually really liked it. It's got a lot of big Oscar buzz around it now, actually. Yeah. Which means that he probably would be on the shortlist for something like this. I don't imagine Mel Gibson ever doing a project like this. This seems to be the exact opposite of anything he wants to do. Yeah, and it sort of brings me to like my other point where like DC, they seem to be just going for directors who they think that will make them the quote-unquote Oscar bait. And they keep chasing that Oscar. They keep chasing it because they, they kept thinking they, they put Batman v Superman up for an Oscar. They they wanted that to and then at Suicide Squad one ended up getting for makeup or something, right. get, get nominated or something. But they keep chasing that rather than actually making a movie that's good. They try and make one that's actually going to be a reaction to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Also, too, it seems like a total losing fight where it's like, guys, have you not noticed the Academy hates superhero movies. They also exactly. Hate, they also hate horror, fantasy, and science fiction too. But still, you're kind of fighting a losing battle. Exactly. Just like hire someone who likes these characters and will make an actual good movie. Now that being said, you know the original Suicide Squad was plenty trashy. Imagine how trashy it would be with Mel Gibson at the helm. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I can imagine him in the pitch session right now. Okay, okay. So you see what it is? Is that you know there's this secret cabal of individuals that control the media and the money in the world. And Mel, 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 <laughs> please, please, for the love of God, do not finish that. For the love of God, do not say another <laughs> word. What you mean, the Jews? Oh, you did it. And he. he He's, he's got like that big crazy man beard he has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's wheeled in like a whiteboard with all these markers on it. <laughs> and then he says, okay, and here's the thing. So Will Smith, right, he gets captured by this group of people who aren't the Jews. And then he gets tortured a bunch. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> so you keep pitching that in every movie. The hero gets tortured a bunch. Yeah, but he gets even stronger after being tortured, which is kind of a thing in every Mel Gibson movie. You notice that whenever he gets tortured, he ends up getting stronger yeah yeah in in his mind torture gives you powers (laughs) 
And then, and then they lash him to a cross, right? And then, oh God, here comes the Jesus now on top of it. <laughs> and, then, and then, meanwhile, in the corner, Zack Snyder's like, yes, yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Zack Snyder's like, yo, bro, you like putting Jesus in your movie, bro? Jesus was jacked as shit and super hardcore, bro. <laughs> and Mal's like, yeah, yeah, he is. Jesus is the most jacked there is. I love you, Zack. I love you too, Mel. <laughs> And they form a bond that lasts a lifetime. And then they go off and do some crunches. <laughs> Which, man, Mel Gibson is pretty fit for his age, isn't he? He is. Man, here's the thing. You know, it's too bad that Mel Gibson is a little bit older now. Because, man, after that phone call of him, like, you know, threatening to kill his wife and everything, he would have made a perfect joker, wouldn't he have? Yeah, I, I could see it, yeah. Paint his face, dye his hair green. Why don't you smile and blow me, Batman? <laughs> he I... keeps calling Batman sugar tits. <laughs> hey there, bat tits. I bend over backwards with my balls in a knot for you. <laughs> you know what the problem with my last relationship was? We didn't agree spiritually. I'm going to bury you in the Rose Garden, Robin. <laughs> you know that or you know here's another thing for you marvel would never touch him but man you put a mask on him and a green cloak he would be an amazing dr doom wouldn't he oh god yeah i know um robert downey jr wanted him to do iron man 4 which which to me sounded like downey fucking around being like yeah i'll do iron man 4 if mel gibson directs Thing is that like they like Marvel probably would try and get Mel Gibson if it meant that they could get extend Damn Robert Downey Jr.'s contra contract. <laughs> like he's playing chicken with the movie where it's like, hey, you're a move, Marvel, and Marvel's like, okay, Gibson, he's in. <laughs> Show up at <laughs> yeah. set on this time, Robert. Yeah, and Robert's like, oh, 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 goddamn, oh. I didn't think they'd actually do it. Shit. <laughs> oh, I guess I gotta go back for this now. <laughs> And then Iron Man gets tortured. <laughs> Again with the torture, man. <laughs> I'm also reminded, too, of that bit from South Park, the Imagination Land thing, where they're like, gee, say, say what you want about Gibson, but the man knows story structure. <laughs> so Iron Man 4 would have him getting tortured, would have all these Jesus allegories in it, but it would also probably be pretty good, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's that's the hard thing about, you know, working in the arts like we do, Matt. Sometimes you do need to actually divorce the artist from the art, and sometimes you have to be like, man, a reprehensible human being made a thing I actually quite enjoyed. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing, man. And uh, from that admittedly very funny but very heavy topic to something I think is a little bit lighter and something we'll all enjoy, uh, Chip Zdarsky... Y'all know him. He uh, did some Rocket Raccoon stuff. He did a bunch of different comics. He had said, like, a, oh, like almost like a year and a half ago now, that he was working on a super secret Spider-Man project. Well, we finally know what that Spider-Man project is. Yeah, it's a Peter Parker book. Yeah, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a title imprint they have not used in many years, but they're bringing back now. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I like Chip Zdarsky's take on Star-Lord at the moment, so I'll probably mm. definitely pick this up. Yeah, he writes a funny Star-Lord, so I imagine he'll write a funny Spider-Man, too. Yeah, which is something we, we don't really see all that often, mainly because he's on different teams, he's fighting in the, these events and everything, so it'll be cool to see him come back to quippy Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read Deadpool Spider-Man, but I know... For my money, I haven't read Funny Spider-Man in a bit. The way Zdarsky seemed to be pitching this, 
is that this is going to be the back-to-basic Spider-Man book that people have been clamoring for since the beginning of All New, All Different Marvel. Oh, fantastic. That'll be good for someone like me who hasn't read Spider-Man in a long time. Yeah, they're definitely seeming to make this a good jumping-on point for people who maybe haven't read in a little bit. They they don't come out and say it, but giving what I read in Clone Conspiracy this week, I think I think his company's going away, and he's going to be back to being poor Peter Parker. That sort of matches up with that whole Generations thing. They've mm. taken everything back to basics. And the new movie coming out as well, too. Yeah. So they're yeah. kind of killing two birds with one stone in this one and getting Peter Parker back to a more familiar kind of thing. Now, it's funny. When I read this story originally, Matt, I kind of read it wrong. I assumed they were doing another Spidey thing to being like, oh, are these going to be flashbacks to Spider-Man before he became... Uh, before he became a big CEO. No, it's in continuity, but also Dan Slott will still be writing Amazing Spider-Man. We'll just now be having two Spider-Man books. Oh, cool. Which, hey, we've got like several Batman books, and people forget there was a time when there was several Spider-Man books every uh, every month. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I wasn't really able to catch up on it. It was uh, books every every other week. This is this has been probably one of the longest stretches in recent time where we've just had one Peter Parker Spider-Man book. Yeah. Now that being said, there's like 12 other Spider character books, Spider-Woman, Silk, Spider-Man 2099, Miles Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, the new yeah. Scarlet Spider that's coming out. I could go on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this looks interesting. I know a lot of people are super jazzed for this one, and with good reason. So there you go. You got a brand new Spider-Man book coming out that looks like it's going to please a lot of people. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Another project that I hope pleases a lot of people, uh, Teen Titans, The Lazarus Contract, the official name given to the brand new crossover event coming between all the Teen Titans books and the Deathstroke book. It's almost like there's a new movie coming out. It's funny how that works out, isn't it? Now, again, uh, what is it? Christopher Priest had been teasing this one for a bit, being like, yeah, you know, we're revisiting uh, the Judas contract, and hey, you can see the religious connotations there, Lazarus, Judas. Uh, apparently in this new story, uh, Deathstroke tries to find Wally West in a way to resurrect his dead son. Oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah, right on. I I wonder too if because you know we've seen with Wally West when he touches people, they remember their old lives that they used to live. They remember the missing ten years. I wonder if he touches Deathstroke, will he remember the original Judas contract? Will he remember all that other stuff? I imagine that's how they're gonna touch on it. Furthermore, to that, uh, in the Deathstroke book right now, which if you're not reading, you should because it's really awesome. Deathstroke is fighting his son Jericho. Jericho, mm -hmm. who was a member of the Teen Titans previously, but seems to have been written out of the new continuity to never have been a mm -hmm. member. Yep. But then again, 10 years is a long time. I would love it if he gets touched and it's like, oh, he was a member for a little bit, but maybe they kicked him out once they realized who his dad was. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Furthermore to that, Grant Deathstroke's other son, which I think is the one he's attempting to resurrect... Grant died as an end result of fighting the Teen Titans, which is why Deathstroke swore like a blood oath against them and everything. I wonder if that will be mentioned. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. It would be fitting to bring it full circle, and many people have said, too, you know, with Lazarus in there, probably assuming the Lazarus pit or something, wouldn't it be funny if Deathstroke tried to resurrect his son Grant, or maybe even resurrect Terra? Yeah. 
there's a lot of cool places this story could go. And one of the pieces of artwork we saw from this as well, uh, we see Speed Force Deathstroke. He seems to have been able to steal the Speed Force from Wally, and he got a brand new Lightning Bolt costume. Yeah, it looks pretty sick. Yeah, because God knows Deathstroke wasn't deadly enough as is. Let's give him Speed Force powers on top of that. Yeah, he's 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 not just you know impossible to kill now. He's you know he's he's basically a god. Jesus, man, they better they better nerf him in the next update, man. He is too OP. <laughs> these these skills are just too Nazis, God, man. No one can compete with this in tournament play. <laughs> I was going to make a For Honor joke, but I haven't played For Honor yet. I just know that one of those classes, like the samurai with the club, is really fucking broken. No, oh, okay. That's what I've. That's what. That's what everyone on my Twitter page has been complaining about. Apparently, there's a move you can do with the big fat club samurai that's just like unbreakable. No, I can. So you know, classic video game. Yep. <laughs> Now, uh, with that out of the way, we can actually head on into a story that will segue us nicely into what we read this week, that portion of the show. Uh, Cullen Bunn is going to be coming on to Trinity to essentially, I don't know if it's pen the next arc or at least pen uh, a small portion of it. I know he has said on Twitter, he's like, no, 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 I'm not taking over the book. I'm just penning the next couple issues now that uh, Francis Manipal has ended his run on the book which has been six amazing issues. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? I would agree. I, I think uh, Colin is writing the next issue and the issue after. I think he's only doing two. So it's a, it's a two-for-a break like a lot of the other books have been doing. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like the, the gap between the storylines. Now, uh, that being said, the story that he looks to be writing so far is super interesting because we're going to be seeing the evil trinity yeah, we're seeing uh, Ra's al Ghul, Lex Luthor, and I think Cersei. Yeah, I think Cersei was the other one. Which man, what a what an interesting uh, an interesting take on an evil Trinity, especially because as we know now, Lex Luthor's not evil anymore. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I hope I'm, I've been right about him the whole time, and he's still an evil asshole. Yeah, you've been pushing that theory even after, like, Superman shook his hand. You're like, nope, nope, he's evil. Gotta be evil. Gotta be evil. I know it. In my heart of hearts, I know it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of an evil trinity, and it's funny that those are the ones that they picked. You know, yep, definitely... Lex would be an evil Superman, Roz would be an evil Batman. Cersei is an interesting one to pick for Wonder Woman. I'm sure other people would be like, uh, I don't know, Cheetah. But Cheetah's good in her book right now, so they can't do that. You can't have two yeah. good people on an evil trinity. <laughs> Although that would be funny. Raish would be like, oh, am I the only one actually trying here? <laughs> am I the only one committed to evil? Because you two don't seem committed to evil. Cheetah, you're not even a cheetah anymore. <laughs> you're just person woman. Person woman is not a good supervillain. You can you you can just leave. <laughs> you you go away. I wonder if Cersei's gonna turn people into pigs again. That's kind of her thing. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so hey, you know, I like Cullen Bunn. Man, Cullen Bunn is a busy man. He's writing like, what, 20 books across all the different companies? He's, he's writing a few. He is a busy man. I don't know how the fuck he finds the time. No. For all these projects. I especially like to see him come back to write something kind of high profile at DC right now. Because I know the last time he was there, it was Aquaman and uh, the Lobo that no one liked, and the underrated Sinestro series, so it's nice to see him on something cool. 
Yeah. Something that maybe people will read. Yeah, def- oh, definitely. And I mean, I guess from there we can hop on over into what we read this weekend because we're on the topic of Trinity. Man, wasn't Trinity number six cool? It was good. It was a great conclusion to this first storyline. It's a really good storyline. You know what? If I knew someone who didn't know anything about comics and wanted to get into them and I really wanted to blow their mind, I would give them the first volume of uh, Trinity. Yeah, definitely. It's a great setup. And what was really great is that this issue as well sort of forced that. It, it, It showed you who these heroes are like they're they're all sort of like one part of that whole truth justice and the american way sort of thing yeah truth justice and hope the three things that they uh each represent and i like in doing so they kind of change the white mercy's mind and get her to you know turn against her evil father that was really well done yeah yeah they they didn't use their fists they used their words yeah they use their words and their hearts and their spirits and and a little kryptonite too yeah, just a little bit. Just, just, just a little bit of kryptonite. I, I like one fan said too. Man, they keep going back and forth on how much kryptonite Batman keeps on him. Either he keeps a bunch on him at all times, or he keeps some locked away in his cave. Yeah, well, remember this was like casual Batman, so he only had a little bit. Just, just a little bit. It's like Alfred, bring me my travel kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You can keep the work kryptonite here. I just need my little medallion of work kryptonite. <laughs> or my travel kryptonite. I'm going to a nice fancy dinner. Bring me my flannel shirt and my necklace filled with kryptonite, please. <laughs> I, ma- I imagine he has bedtime kryptonite too. Bring me my robe, my slippers, and my bedtime kryptonite, just in case. <laughs> I don't know if Superman will try and kill me in my sleep, but if he does, I'll be ready. <laughs> they, uh, they also did a good job too, putting the genie back in the bottle of Poison Ivy, learning who Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were, only to make her forget later. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It was actually a really smart way to do it as well. It was, because I'm like, oh man, are they really going to do this? Are they going to really move forward with Poison Ivy knowing who the Trinity are? (laughs) I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. So yeah, Trinity was a winner. Uh, What else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, I had Superman issue 17. Yes, a fun little horror story starring the kids. Yes, it was Stranger Things by way of the DC Universe. I totally said Stranger Things. I said Goonies. I said Goosebumps. I could totally see this being a Goosebumps story. Yeah, and it was, again, a little um, stopgap in between the big storylines. It was just like a one-off issue uh, of of John and Kathy exploring Dead Man Swamp. <laughs> Which I laughed at the name Dead Man Swamp. I'm like, really, you have a Dead Man Swamp? And then I thought to myself, oh, this is the same world where we have suicide slums and crime alley. Yeah, and and it's like a, in the ba- in like backwards country mm-hmm. as well. So they would do stuff like that. Uh, yeah, totally. Fun story. Man, it's cool to see Peter Tomasi really write John as like a kid. He has these amazing powers, but he still gets scared of stuff like a kid would do. Yeah, exactly. He's just like a normal kid. Really, really well done. That man has a way with writing kids, as he should, because he also wrote Damian Wayne for a long time and really sympathized him and Batman and Robin, which, ooh, we'll be talking about that later too, don't you worry. Yeah, and the other thing that I, I know it kind of wasn't because they kind of explain it away as, like, the gases in the swamp, but I, I, I kind of had the hint that, like, maybe that house they went into was, like, a dilapidated house of mystery. Mm, that would be fun. 
Like I kind of got that feeling from it, but they kind of explained it away as, oh, the gas is well, in the swamp. I, I had a theory too, Matt, about this. Tell me, tell me what you think about this. So everything got all fucked up. They were being chased by a monster, and then the grandpa shows up out of nowhere, and everything's fine. And you see a similar glint in his glasses that you see in the face of the Slenderman monster. Oh, you so you think that he's. I don't know, maybe something to watch over them or something? Or like he's a were-monster or something. Here's he, he, here's what I'm basing this on. You remember in a previous issue of the... I don't know if it was this series or if it was Action Comics, but Frankenstein came to Hamilton County, and Grandpa Cobb, like, actually had... Like, he actually talked to Frankenstein for a minute. Mm-hmm. And he was not scared of Frankenstein, even though no, everyone else no. was terrified of him because he's a fucking monster. This guy wasn't, though. Yeah, hmm. I think Grandpa Cobb might be like a were-monster. <laughs> well, I, I said in my review at the end of it, like when in that last page, you see at the bottom of the page that the, the creature that was following them with the moonlight behind him, and his eyes actually like form the same sort of glasses as the Eradicator. So I was thinking maybe like the Eradicator, like even though he got defeated, maybe he's like regenerating in this forest. That would be cool near, too. Because he came after obviously John and Clark and that's near them and you know it's like a safe place for him to be near them but also regenerate and everything. I like that they're getting all these different Supermans back. We saw Steel, we saw the Eradicator, we saw Hank Henshaw again. Yeah. Imagine if they did like Reign of the Superman 2 or like Triumph of the Superman where you get all of them together. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I mean, shit, we're getting reborn. We got multiplicity. I wouldn't put anything past Jurgens and Tomasi to do something cool yeah. like that. That would be pretty cool. Reborn starts in a week and a half. Damn. I think. Good. Yeah. I'm going to be back in Victoria for that, but that's going to be real good. I imagine we're going to be talking a lot about that once that happens. Oh, yeah. And, cause we're, and because we're spending so much god goddamn time on the Kent family farm, let's talk about Super Sons, because that was the other big Superman family-centric book that came out this week. The long-awaited Super Sons. Yeah, this one's been... In, this one, we were meant to get it in February, and then it got pushed back to March. Oh, th no, we were actually meant to get it in September, then got pushed back to February, and now we're getting it in March. Worth the wait, though, ultimately, I would say. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Really Definitely. fun story. We get to see the continuation of the budding friendship between Damien and Jonathan. And I like Damien is a hard guy to be friends with. Yeah, I, I love that Um, that John is kind of naive to the world because of his parents and everything. Mm -hmm. And John, uh, Damien sort of takes advantage of that as oh, well. Yeah. It's fun, too, to see Damien, who, you know, is like, oh, well, I'm the mature one. I learned to drive at five. I know all this other stuff. Even though he's brash and impulsive and easily the most childish, well, John, like you said, is a little bit more naive, but he's more mature in a way. Yeah, and taller. And taller, too. I love that that's become a bit between them. Yeah, well, you're short. <laughs> that Damien <laughs> just has a Napoleon complex. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. I like, to the whole story basically starts because Damien was bored one night. His dad wouldn't let him come out and superhero because he was behind on his homeschool assignments. So he goes and more or less kidnaps Jonathan and says, hey, let's go on an adventure in Metropolis. Yeah, and, and, he, and, he, and he dresses up as an old busman. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's funny too. Apparently he's an amazing mimic, Damien. <laughs> 
Well, his dad used to do it, so. He does, yeah. And I like Jonathan's like, you know, you could have just called me, right? You didn't have to go through all this. Where'd the fun in that be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm incredibly rich, incredibly skilled, and incredibly bored, man. Come on. Give me a chance. <laughs> and they run into Luthor, too. They try and break into a building, and it ends up being one of Luthor's buildings. Yeah, and he's wondering what they're up to. <laughs> I, it's funny, too, because this is good guy Luther. I would love it if he's like, hey, kids, I'm calling your parents. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling your, the parents on you. You're going to bed. <laughs> and then the parents got to come and pick up Superboy and Robin. And they're like, look, we're very ashamed of you for breaking into a building. Where did we go wrong with you, kids? We learned it from watching you, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the law, vigilantes, you do it all the time, shut up. <laughs> now let's go get ice cream. But yeah, it was a very simple story, and just very fun, and very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. DC, chalk up another winner for DC Rebirth, why don't you? Yeah, exactly, it's great. Batwoman came out this week too, I'll be short on that one. It was fun, it's basically an entire retelling of her origin for those who didn't know it. Yeah, it's just a catch-up, and then we, we sort of caught up on, like, what the exact nature of her book will be, which will be looking out, out for that monster Venom. Which uh, which I thought it would be, what with that little thing. Man, they're doing a good job launching books, aren't they, aren't they by using those two little breather issues to be like, hey, this is what this character is going to do now, boom, now they have their own book. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to do it. Yeah, launching new books in the pages of bigger books, I think, is a really cool way to hook people. Mm -hmm. I hope they keep doing it in the future. And actually, I think with Emerald City Comic Con and everything coming up, you think uh, I think they're going to release some new books soon? Maybe. I, I think so. I think they've just released a bunch, so maybe they'll hold off a little bit. And maybe we won't know until after uh, The Button and Superman right. Reborn. Yeah, because those seem to be two pretty huge events that could change everything. Yep. Uh, moving on to some more stuff here, we got, uh, Batman number 17 came out this week. Did you read that, Matt? I did. I did. Man, I was not expecting them to go the places they did here. The Bane Gang are back. Yeah, zombie, um... Trog and Bird. Trog, Bird, yeah. Who are it's named pretty, pretty after good. famous punk bands, did you know that? No, I didn't. They're named after famous British punk bands and made to mirror the famous sidekicks of uh, Doc Savage. Oh, I can. Yeah. They got great redesigns, didn't they? They did. I, I actually like their redesigns. They're pretty cool. They look cool, which they never did before. <laughs> like, I'm a huge Bane fan, and even I'm like, oh my god, these guys are lame. <laughs> But now they look cool. Uh, oh, hey, Superman showed up in the issue for a minute. Yeah, just to sort of keep the uh, the the Robins on ice because they're still alive, apparently. Which blows me away because when I saw that at the end of the other issue, I'm like, what a fake out. They didn't really hurt them. Oh, wait, they actually hurt them? Holy shit. Yeah, it was really weird. Because I just totally assumed it was a fake out. I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, it was a fake out. Not going to happen. Oh, it really happened? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was real. Uh, oh, we got to see more stuff with Psycho Pirate. Yeah, they're, they're doing the, the therapy, uh, and they only have four days to do it for some reason. Because ticking clocks are fun, Matt. Yeah, well, apparently they are. Psycho Pirate, who one of his powers is he is aware of the universe and all the retcons, even makes reference to the fact that he knows the world changed. Yeah. 
And considering that Batman, the Batman Tom King comic will be part of the button, I wonder if Psycho Pirate will be part of this. Maybe. I, I know, like, Batman says, well, I'm going to destroy the Psycho Pirate's mask, but I know he's not going to. Because he never does. No. <laughs> Would it be something if he shows Psycho Pirate the button at the end of this story and it's like, okay, tell me about this? I, I could see them do that. Or, or um, uh, since they're in Arkham, something could happen that, that they get a hold of Saturn Girl or something. Mm, that would be fun. Yeah, because she, she's lived through all of this. It's history to her, and she's like, everything worked out fine. Yeah. I'd love it if Batman showed Psycho Pirate the button, and he says, you know, tonight a comedian died in New York. Oh, God. <laughs> or he does, like, a quote from it where it's like he knows everything about Watchmen. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> blue man, blue man with blue dong. <laughs> Just slapping Psycho Pirate in the face over and over again. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as a Bane fan, I uh, I dug this one. I like that they're making him an actual threat again. I like that he ditched the stupid movie jacket and the stupid video game tanks, and he's just back to dressing like he should. Yeah, he's just classic Bane. Yeah, in a story that is very reminiscent of Nightfall. Oh, yeah. Super reminiscent. They were drawing all sorts of parallels. Uh, yeah, Batman was a winner. What uh, What else did you have this week, Matt? I had the Wildstorm issue one. Oh, yeah, lots of people were talking about that. I didn't take a dive on this one. Tell me all about it. It was pretty good, but it's. I think they, they're doing a slow burn on it. Right. I think they're going to be doing a slow burn. Is this one sort of... Um, the way stuff is worded and everything, it's just to sort of introduce people to it. Because I, I guarantee you, as I said in my review, at least 50% of the people who pick this book up won't know who any of these characters are. Right. So they're sort of reintroducing these characters, For who the they are, time, what... technically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what they are and everything. And it, it's actually pretty cool. Some of the stuff they do in it is really cool. Like we see Engineer... I don't know if you know who Engineer is. She's, like, a woman who can, like, change her body and stuff. She, like, transforms into, like, her Iron Man-esque jet fighter sort of thing to save, um... I'm blanking on his name. He's, like, the owner of, like, this big tech company. Right. And uh, it, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Like, you see it all, like, coming out of her skin and everything. And it, is, it looks great as well. And I think it's set in the DC Rebirth universe, mainly because it's, like, references to, like, the Daily Planet and other, thing, other, like, news corporations that are in the DC universe. But it's very much its own thing. I think they're doing the young animal thing with it where it's like, okay, you're in but not until we need you for something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as I said in my review that they, I don't know how they're going to play with it, whether they're just going to have it in there, but not reference like Superman and Batman and all these characters and everything just sort of contained in their own sort of little city. The thing is they're in New York and that's where the Titans are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a crossover? Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy all the redesigns for the characters I recognize. Like, you know, Grifter has a new design now, and he's actually quite slick. They simplified him. Yeah, yeah, he looks really cool. Grifter is slick. Then there was that woman who was in Deathstroke for a bit and Wildcats and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. She's got a new redesign and everything. They went very spy with it from what people were telling me, that, you know, it's really back to its espionage roots. Yeah, it's all like secret organizations and gene splicing and stuff like that. 
it's funny to see all those characters show up, but the two characters that aren't showing up are Midnighter and Apollo. Yeah, well, well they're still finishing off their miniseries in hell, so... Yeah. It, it gives me hope, though, that because Apollo and Midnighter didn't show up, they actually have plans for them to continue to be part of uh, the main DC universe and hang out with Batman and Superman and the rest of them. I hope so. That would be nice. Again, I'm amazed they weren't put on a team. If it was up to me, I would have put them on uh, Justice League of America. Yeah, that they definitely would be a big asset to Justice League of America, especially with Batman trying to make this team for this war that's coming. They could very easily have been the Batman and Lobo stand-in for that team, but then I'm reminded, ah, shit, if you put them out on that team, maybe no one would buy it because there's no Batman. Yeah. As as much as I don't, I'm not crazy about having Batman on every team, I like the Justice League of America and want it to continue being sold, and maybe having Batman on it is the only way to do it. Yeah, well, the, the good thing is that like they've actually given us an in-universe reason why he's on that team. They have, and it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's that one. Uh, what else did I have this week? I read a lot of stuff that I haven't even put up yet. Ooh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number eleven. Ooh, what was this one like? Oh my god, man! This book, man. Every every issue blows my mind a little bit more. I can't think of another series where every issue has just been like, oh shit, didn't see that coming. Oh, nice. So we once again go back to the flashbacks of Hydra brainwashed uh, Steve Rogers trying to invade Operation Rebirth, get close to the super uh, soldier serum and everything, and he's asked to kill Dr. Erkstein. Okay. And he can't do it, so Zemo ends up shooting him for him because we've seen, oh, well, you know, him and Zemo, they went to bad guy school together, right? They're friends. And Zemo says, hey, I'm your handler. Even though it makes no sense for him to show up in America the way he did as quickly as he did. So basically, the flashbacks for Captain America are beginning to not make sense or the thing. The holes are starting to form in this imperfect story. Uh, and that that's obviously um, meant to happen, I guess. Yeah, that this, uh, again, this whole mirage was put together by a child. And now the whole yeah. childish lo- uh, jumps in logic are starting to happen. Uh, okay. And to make matters crazier, we've seen that Steve has actually been holding Zemo hostage this whole time, right? Ever since issue one. Yeah, and, yeah. And apparently he's been confi- confiding in him and talking to him and be like, you know, you know, you're my friend. We did all this stuff together. Why don't you remember me? Because Cap's memory was rewritten. Zemo's wasn't. Yeah. So Cap is telling him all these things. And he's like, you know, I I need you. I need to confide in you and everything. And there's this amazing moment where, you know, the wheels start to turn in Zemo's head. And he's like, has Captain America gone completely insane? Does he actually think we had this life (laughs) together? What is wrong with him? And then with no dialogue, you see Zemo eventually hit upon the idea of being like, well, might as well ride this ship and see where it takes me. And then he hugs Captain (laughs) America. I'm in too deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm in too deep now. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. So we're actually starting to see the limitations now of Kobik's history rewrite. She did it for one person, but she couldn't do it for everybody. Yeah. And now the one person Steve confided in, maybe he shouldn't have. Yeah. And then you get this great B story about Taskmaster going through the black box of the plane crash from issue one and actually finding footage of Captain America going hail Hydra and trying to kill Jack Flag. 
Oh, okay. So now Taskmaster has the smoking gun and he has no idea what to do with it. <laughs> I can just imagine that. <laughs> Only for and this is this this is Nick Spencer being funny. This is Nick Spencer using his comedy. Black Ant Eric O'Grady, the evil Ant Man, shows up and says, I'll tell you what we do, Taskmaster. We get fucking rich off this. <laughs> let's sell it to the Inquirer or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's post it on Reddit. Yeah, let's post it on Reddit. That shit'll be everywhere. And I'm like, man, I love that in a story filled with high-minded political intrigue and ripped from the headlines, you know, inspirations, that Nick Spencer still remembers. Oh, yeah, I'm really funny, too, aren't I? <laughs> so we've got, like, this Beavis and Butthead road trip that's beginning to flare up with, like, Taskmaster and Black Ant trying to make money off this. <laughs> so that was good shit. Captain America is really good. If you haven't been reading it, you should probably start now because it's all leading up to Secret Empire, and Secret Empire looks to be the big one. Uh, I need to catch up on it. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. You can read it very quick. It's only like 11 issues and the oath and, you know, yep. uh, Sam Wilson, if you want to know the whole story, if you want to see the other side of the conflict. Yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely some good shit, some good shit, man. What else did you have? Cool. Um, well, the last book I've actually only managed to read just, you know, 40 minutes ago was uh, Green, Green Lanterns issue 17. Ah, yes. Tell me about <clears throat> this one. Uh, this is the the conclusion to the Batman Green Lanterns team up and they're going to take down Scarecrow, who actually has access to a Sinestro Core ring oh, sure. uh, and its power and everything. So they've got to take him down and they, they eventually do. And the probably the most interesting thing about this is the um the relationship that forms between Batman and Baz. Oh, yeah. Because it's... It, because uh, the first issue was all about Baz not wanting to give up his gun because that's like his backup, you know, he doesn't want to give up his gun. And eventually he does give up his gun for to use his ring more. And uh, Batman kind of starts respecting him a little bit for that because cool. of what he did and saved his life and everything. So much so that he says that Batman says that when he calls, he wants Baz to answer because something's coming. Mm. He's getting him ready for that war. That's funny, he trusts Baz with this, but he's not trusting Hal with it for whatever reason. Well, Hal's off gallivanting around the, the, uh, universe. the universe looking for Saint Walker. <laughs> That's true. Hal, Hal is unreliable whenever you need him on Earth. It's like, oh no, I'm going to space again. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I remember the last time we gave you power, you blew up Coast City. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tried to stop the sun or some shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I imagine I I imagine like Hal Jordan looks for excuses to go to space every time, where it's like, oh no, I stubbed my toe. Guess I'm going to space and not coming back. Oh no, the phone bill came. Guess I'm going to space and not coming back. Yeah. Also, like this this story also referenced that Batman remembers the Blackest Night. Oh yeah. See, that was going to be my next question. I'm like, yeah. So Scarecrow, I guess that's the ring he got after Blackest Night and everything, right? <laughs> No, well, like he got a ring during um, when Sinestro in his in Sinestro's book came to Earth to fight the Paling. Right, he oh. got a ring there because like everyone got a ring. Superman, Wonder Woman, all these heroes and villains got rings to fight the Paling. But also, Scarecrow had had a ring before that too. Yeah, it's it's so fucking weird. Scarecrow, I don't had know a ring why. How would times, he remember actually. that? How would he remember that? That's a damn good question. Either that's a continuity error or that was them just being cute. 
Yeah, or they called that paling event the Blackest Night as well. Oh, did they really? I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember, but it is definitely a possibility. But, you know, they, they when you use do, double up on names for the same different events, you know, bound to happen. Either way, I think it's pretty cool that Scarecrow had a yellow lantern ring. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to have to catch up on that when I travel. I've been buying the issues. I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. I have, like, the end of the Phantom Ring and then what came next. Yeah, well, the the next the next storyline, because this was sort of like the, that sort of stopgap issue, um, the next storyline is a follow-on from the Phantom Ring because of what happens in that. Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. I guess if that's everything you read, Matt, I'll just lightning round the few books I had left. Uh, Clone Conspiracy number five. This is supposed to be ending was not an ending at all. It was blatant false advertising. <laughs> If you want the real end of the story, apparently you have to read Spider-Man Omega, which is bullshit because there was no clone conspiracy alpha. So they literally <laughs> just ran out of space and tacked on another issue. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's horse shit. That made me so upset. And like you can literally <laughs> tell the moment in the comic too where they ran out of space. I'm like, they're not going to be able to end this. They're not going to be able to... They didn't end it. <laughs> And also, hey, Doc Ock and uh, Scarlet Spider disappeared and turned into dust. Hey, read the new Spider-Man if you want to figure out how that happened. Oh, God damn it! Yeah, so I got to pick up more shit in this to figure out what's happening next. The only thing, like the worst part of this event that I can say is that after all this shit that happened, really nothing changed except for one thing, and that is Spider-Man had to sacrifice his webware technology to defeat the Jackal and the clone signal and everything, which makes me think, ah, this is going to be strike one for the end of Parker Industries. <laughs> Even though in the real world, if, say, like, frickin', oh, I don't know, Steve Jobs had to uh, hijack your iPhones to stop terrorism or something, but he had to blow it up, everyone would be like, oh, I guess i got to buy a new one tomorrow then, huh? But in this world, <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be like, oh, well, we can't trust the webware anymore. Because <laughs> you blew it up, so we can't trust it anymore. <laughs> I guess we'll just go back to buying, I don't know, Ozberries or whatever. <laughs> Ozberries. You mean the thing that's actually owned by a crazy terrorist? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Hey, man, he, at least he tells us he's a crazy terrorist. <laughs> yeah, he's honest about it. Actually, that's what the <laughs> next arc of Spider-Man is going to be when this is all done. It's going to be him fighting the green uh, goblin again. Yeah, oh, cool. He hasn't done that in a bit. I'm excited for it, at least. Uh, Mighty Thor, number 16. This is the continuation of Jane Foster Thor versus the Shi'ar Godhood. Mm -hmm. It's funny. The gods, it's like, well, what do they want with kidnapping Thor? They want to challenge her to god games to prove that their god dicks are bigger. <laughs> they literally do a thing where it's like, okay, we're going to hit this beach with a tidal wave, and we're going to kill a bunch of people, but you know what? They love us so much, they're going to go to their churches and their temples, and they're going to pray to us, and they're going to thank us for not killing them. And Jane's like, you're fucking psychotic. <laughs> so she stops the tidal wave, and then they all start worshipping her and praying to her. So she wins the first round in God Games, and the Shi'ar gods are like, damn it, didn't think of that. <laughs> So yeah, it's literally, it, it's a theological battle between the Asgardian gods and the Shi'ar gods. I like that. Cool, cool. It's a, it's a fun and interesting story. And again, too, because she's out in space and because they're hyping up this war, I really do think that by the end of this story, the unworthy Thor will come back into it. Yeah, it, well, yeah isn't there like um, 
uh, cover art that shows that. He was on the cover for the first one, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me think this would actually be a perfect time to reintegrate him and everything. In fact, I, I can pitch you his coming back right now. The Asgardians will be losing, the Shi'ar are kicking their asses, and then, oh, unworthy Thor comes in with his new hammer. <laughs> and he saves the day and he gets to look like a badass. So there's that. Uh, Green Arrow, number 17. This was a fun one. This was the end of the Emerald Archer storyline. He gets to fight it out with uh, Merlin again. I didn't like the ending of this one, though, I'll admit. I read it just before coming in. They throw a little too much shit at you a little too quickly. Like, Diggle saves Merlin, and goes, Oh, Ollie, I can't let you kill him. This man saved my life. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that on, on, on um, I think it was Twitter or Facebook or something. I was like, what? where the hell did that come from? Is that a thing from the show? I don't know. I fucked if I know. They, they, they also retcon some stuff with Oliver and his family and be like, oh, whenever I went to uh, Tommy Merlin's house, his dad was always really creepy with me. And even now he's like, oh, join me on the dark side, Oliver. Come join the League of Assassins. The Justice League doesn't want you. <laughs> Come join me. And I'm like, oh, God, are we doing this because of the show? And then he's like, oh, and Malcolm Merlin tried to have sex with my mom, too. I'm like, is that a show thing? I don't know. I don't watch the show. <laughs> I think that might be a show thing. And, uh, oh, then they work in Star City, though, at the very end. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's like some, like, pentagram or something on a paper or something. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know, at least Star City's in here. You know, beggars can't be choosers. I've only been begging for it forever, so I'll be fine. <laughs> and then uh, probably one of the best books I read this week right next to Trinity was actually Daredevil uh, Daredevil number the, the new Daredevil uh, the, the number's not important <laughs> Se 17, Daredevil number 17 <laughs> this, uh, this finally answers the question of how Matt Murdock managed to get everyone in New York to forget that he was Daredevil Oh, and how did he manage that? Oh, it's a whole big long and interesting story in fact, I give a uh, Charles Soule, amazing credit for bridging the gap between the end of Mark Wade's run and the beginning of his run. We see how he was run out of uh, San Francisco after becoming a big star and a big celebrity and everything. Uh, he, mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he starts to get down on himself because he's not a lawyer anymore, because obviously he can't because everyone knows he's a hero now and doing so jeopardizes every court case he does. And he starts to think, well, fuck, if I only have daredevil in my life it's only a matter of time before i get as weird and obsessive as say like frank castle does because he's just the punisher 24 7 yeah and okay. so he, and so he's like okay you know what maybe i won't do it but let me let me try let me shop around let me talk to some people and let me see about you know if i wanted to put the genie back in the bottle and so he talks to dr strange who goes for the second time no because mm -hmm. if you remember way back in Murdoch <laughs> papers when Bendis was writing, he asked Doctor Strange to put his identity back then, too. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, he's like, for the second time, no. He goes to the Silver Surfer and he's like, I feel the sadness in your heart, Matthew, but I cannot use the power cosmic in this way. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Emma Frost and Emma Frost is like, no, you're rich and famous. It's totally against my values to do something like that. Even if I could, I wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, then finally he goes to Damien Hellstorm, who is the son of Satan, and Damien Hellstorm goes, Look, man, I, I don't know, but I know a guy who can do it. In fact, he's done it before. <laughs> oh, no. And Matt says, Mephisto, and he's like, Yeah, Mephisto. Yeah, you know what? Sorry. I, 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 I'm too good for this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves, 
And then the final page, uh, did, did you read the Mark Wade run map? Um, I read some of it. So there's an amazing pull they do. There was characters that Mark Wade invented called the Purple Children, who are the children of Zedediah Kilgrave from basically, basically all the women that he's raped over the years. And they all have fractions of his amazing power of suggestion on their own. Mm -hmm. But when they come together and there's like 12 of them, they're actually more powerful than Kilgrave and they can actually influence him to do shit. Ooh, okay. So when the Purple Children find out that Matt needs a favor and they owe him one because Matt saved them from Kilgrave, they come to his doorstep and they're like, look, we heard you needed a favor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Purple Children did it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's a genius twist and an amazing use of continuity. Like, that's, that's almost Jeff Johnsian in the way Charles Souls put it all together. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Like, I genuinely wanted to, like, clap. I wanted to, like, give him a round of applause. That's how good that one was. Mm. So, I mean, hey, for anyone who hasn't been reading Daredevil because, you know, they wanted that question to be answered, there you go. They answered the question. They did it in an amazing fashion. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, hey, even more Daredevil books coming down the pipeline. I think, I think Electra either starts this week or next week. Mm -hmm. Which, ironically, guess what her book is all about? What? Uh, memory loss. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yeah, it's all about memory loss, so clearly all this shit's coming together, and wouldn't it be funny if Daredevil, everyone starts to get mad at him being like, hey, we lost our memories because of you, dick. <laughs> That'd be fun. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I read this week, and that's what Matt read. Uh, all in all, decent week. I enjoyed pretty much all, everything I read. Yeah, I've still got stuff to read, and I imagine it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, same here. Oh, yeah, I got a whole big, long laundry list of stuff I still got to read. In fact, what do I still have to read? I got to read Invincible Iron Man. I got to read Deadpool, which is apparently a tie into what's happening in Captain America. Everyone says that's actually a really important issue. Mm, okay. Then I got to read Aquaman, and I still got to read Wonder Woman from last week. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, hey, let's let's do something, Matt, that we haven't done in a little bit. Let's actually take a look before we end the show at the comic release schedule, and let's actually see what's coming out this week. Or today, as people listen to this. I think there's some pretty good stuff. There usually is these days. But let, uh, let me get a full looky-loo here. Uh, Avatar Press. <laughs> uh, WWE issue number two comes out this week. Oh, hype. <laughs> is, is, oh, no, sorry. That was uh, that, that was this week, actually. Here's the funny thing. Issue number one was actually hilarious because, like, this comic exists in a universe where wrestling is 100% real. <laughs> so just that on its own is kind of amazing where it's like, wow, wrestling is real in this book and not totally <laughs> predetermined. Uh, okay, here, I got what's coming out this week. Ooh, the new Hulk book is coming out. I love that new Hulk book. Yeah, is it good? It's really good. It is It is things I have never said about a Hulk book. It is subtle and understated and a very good character piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we got uh, Danger, Caliber, uh, where's DC Dynamite, uh, IDW, where's the uh, image? Uh, ooh, Loose Ends number two comes out. That's, uh, that's from Jason Latour. That's the co-creator of uh, Southern Bastards. It's another Southern crime bit. 
Cool. It's not as good as Southern Bastards, but I like it. Okay, Marvel Comics this week. We got Amazing Spider-Man number 24. That's the all-important tie-in, apparently. We got the Champions tie-in to Monsters Unleashed. I'm not reading that. Oh, we got Captain America Steve Rogers number 12. Holy shit, they did two issues back-to-back this uh, in two weeks in a row? Holy crap. Must be getting ready for Secret Empire. I guess. Are they going to start pumping these out even quicker now? Oh, yep, Electra number one. Electra number one, Hulk number three, Ghost Rider number four. Oh, Infamous, uh, or Inhumans versus X-Men, number five of six, so the penultimate issue in that. Yay? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been bad. It's been okay. No, it, it's, it's been okay, but yeah, it's it's kind of dragging. It should be finished by now. Yeah, it's, it's fucking better than Civil War Two. I'll give it that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Occupy Avengers number four, really been liking that. Thunderbolts, which I think I'm actually supposed to jump back in on because that's another book that's going to be feeding into Secret Empire because that's the book Kobe oh, and Bucky are hanging out in. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think the book would have been canceled by now if it wasn't for that connection. Yeah. Uh, Uncanny Avengers number 20, which ironically also features the Red Skull. But a Red Ooh. Skull that's very much unlike uh, how he is in the other books. Thanos number four. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, let's head on down to to DC. Or actually, I might have gone right past DC. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. DC Comics for this week. Action Comics, of course. It's an Action Comics week. We got new Deathstroke. We got new Flash. We got new Detective Comics. New Hal Jordan in the Green Lanterns. Nice. Uh, Justice League of America number one. Oh, nice. Uh, Wonder Woman number 17, Teen Titans number 5, which I think is the finale of that first story, so that's good. So there you go, everyone. That's just some of the cool books that are coming out this week, and definitely be sure to listen to the show same time, same place next week, where we'll get you up to speed on everything we read, and also give you a heap and helping of news. Oh, although actually, now that I think about it, Matt, with Logan coming out... In the next little bit, should we do X Men: Age of Apocalypse next week instead of a regular show? Uh, I I don't mind. Yeah. Okay, guys, we might do that. If uh, t- tell you what, we'll take a vote, but I think we might just do it anyway. For those who really want us to do Apocalypse, tell us because I know you and I have been saying we would do that one forever, and now this is kind of the best opportunity for it. It it really is. It really is. We'll also try and do a Logan spoiler cast. I'll be away because that movie comes out the same week. I'm at Seattle Comic Con, but I'll try really hard to get out and see it so Matt and I can talk about it. I'm hearing great things, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I hear it's the best out that of the um, X-Men films. And yet I'm also hearing it completely disregards the other X-Men films, too, and in many cases calls them, you know, uh, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, I'm like, that's perfectly fitting with the way fucking Fox runs their X-Men movies. One, <laughs> one movie completely voids the next. Yeah, and, and somehow makes that better as well yeah. in doing so. <laughs> yeah, by completely voiding everything that came before. But yeah, we'll do that, everybody. And also, I want to reiterate, if you are looking to download the podcast, if this is Wednesday and you're listening to it, uh, please go to the SoundCloud page. That is where you can go to download. In fact, we got 120 people there already. Thank you, everyone who came and listened. I love getting to read the analytics and see where you're all from. Uh, that is soundcloud.com slash thecomicmultiversepodcast in case you're looking for it and can't find it. 
Yep. You can find it there. I will try and tweet about it. We got a pretty big backlog. I've got about... How many tracks do I have? I got 17 tracks of backloaded episodes right now, and I'm going to try and get everything, and once that's done, I'll try and get the commentaries up there, too, because obviously they're, they're a lot bigger. Yeah. But check that out, and as always, hey, you know what? If you're a patron, you get to listen to these first before anybody else. I put these out right away on uh, on Sunday night after we're done doing this. I render it, then I put it right up there for patrons to listen to. And also, hey, thanks uh, the nice people at Playster for sponsoring the show with their nice new app. If you use the promo code Kate90, you'll get a nice little discount over there and read some fun comics that you know are a little outside the big two. So yeah, on that note, everyone, I think we can finally bring this episode to a close. This was a long one, Matt. It, it was hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. We haven't done one of these in a bit. So, yeah, uh, any closing words, Matt? Anything you want people to hear before we uh, shut this one down? Uh, not really. Just go check out my channel, Fortress of Solitude. Uh, it's I'll probably be down in the description. And, uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Yeah, bye-bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.